Okay, hello, hello, hello. We are back for round two here with Nora from Benaduce. And uh, we got a little cheese plate going here. We've got some cured meats. Uh, you could call it a charcuterie if you would really like. A cheese plate. Did you just say charcuterie? A board of deliciousness. There's like dead animals. I, all right, I, I, won't, I won't put it to you like that. But there's some, some cured ham. There's some pepperonis. There's some what I think collectively between the three of us is our favorite cheese is the cousin of... Um, Humboldt Fog from Cypress Grove. Um, it, it's called Midnight Moon. Uh, it's a little, mm -hmm. um, it's not quite as creamy, but it's got every bit of the flavor profile. It's quite delicious. So what I just did by accident, because I'm a heathen, is I was drinking the 2016 Beneduce Blauken. Blau Frankish. <laughs> Again, heathen, can't pronounce things. Um, and I happen to pop one of these pieces of pepperoni in my mouth that's got this nice um, um, a nice spice kind of uh, contour around the, the exterior elements of it. And then a piece of Swiss and then some Blauk in... Blau Frankish. You didn't hear that. Um, and it was a, a revelation, I have, to, I have to say. It was a, it was a, a, a anything, tiny... It was a tiny... Anything pepper with Blau Frankish. Yeah, it was a tiny bit of heaven. Perfect. And the, the, the bitterness and the, that Swiss cheese, cheesy Swissness of the Swiss cheese. Not the Swiss army knife, the Swiss can, cheese, people. Can I, can I drink out of your glass in order to try this? Because I, I, I have the orange. Stuart, it would be an honor. <laughs> so Stuart and I, a little backstory, we've traveled a lot together, snowboarding adventures in, you know, faraway places. So I'm pretty sure he's drinking out of my glass or vice versa before. So... <laughs> I'm yeah, not, I'm I'm not sure. ashamed to admit that I will share a glass with someone if need be, but it's a revelation. Sorry. Black and Frankish is delicious with spicy pepperoni and Swiss cheese. Wow. You're right. And I can't put it into words, but... Obviously, I can't. Well, you did a better job than I did. It was delicious. No. I need more. Wow. But I think that's what you should explore in this podcast. It's just your... Your taste and your ability to describe it and share it with people because it's it's profound. It's better than almost anyone I've met. Um, ooh, that's fun. So the um, cork that came out of the Blauken Frankish, got it right that time, um, does have some tiny uh, bits of residual sugar crystals. Tartrates. Tartrates mm -hmm. for the technical, see? What's a tartrate? Again, wine snob, and I'm the wine slob, okay? <laughs> Nora, um, the kidding, kidding, kidding. Nora, what is, what is a tartrate? So, in this situation, tartrates are literally dropping out of the wine. So, usually in, like, the cold stabilization process, you would drop the tartrates out. So, you actually seed the wine with tartaric acid and all of those molecules kind of bind together and then they drop to the bottom. They become a crystal? Oh, they drop it like it's hot to the bottom. They drop to the bottom under a cool temperature. Do they, when so, they're down there, when they drop it like it's hot, do they twerk while they're down there? They may twerk. Mm, yeah. mm, you hear that, people? <laughs> There's some twerking going on here. No, this is what people actually want to hear. This is what makes it fun. Are you people having fun? I'm having a great time. I think you can obviously tell. 
I mean, most of it is at, you know, my, the, well, we won't get into all that. All right. Stuart, random fact. You want a random fact? Correct. Um, this is, all right. This is my most exciting fact as of late. Excellent. Yeah. Um, solar power is now the cheapest source of generating electricity. It's cheaper than natural gas. It's cheaper than coal. It's cheaper than any fossil fuel. It's cheaper than wind. And because it's so heavily subsidized. No. It yeah. was for a long time it was heavily subsidized, and that's true. But as a result, poorly subsidized. As a yeah. result, as a yeah, it's not okay. that it's in a lot of places it's not, and that's without subsidies. For the longest time, it was subsidized, and I'm grateful that it was because it led to it being developed and made cheaper and more efficient. But now it's become cheap, cheap enough and efficient enough to be the the most cheap and efficient source of electricity. And okay, hippity dippy, no, hippy dippy, crystal wearing. I'm kidding. I love crystals. Here's if the you thing. look behind me, there's whether, at least four crystals. Whether whether or not you believe in climate change or That's you crystal, understand the science behind climate change, remember these? This is still going to change everything about how we generate electricity, and solar is going to rapidly become the number one source of generation in the world. And it, we're going to produce way less carbon as a result of it just because of the market forces, just because it's the cheapest. Okay. Now, on the flip side, because I'm, I'm employed by ExxonMobil and I'm a lobbyist for the fossil fuel industry, what happens to all those solar panels when they don't work anymore? What, all those big panels and where do they end up? And how about all the plastics that go into processing those? Are, isn't that burning fossil fuels? Can't we make solar panels out of hemp? Can we please just start making everything out of hemp? That's a very good point. And it... I know this is not wine-related, <laughs> but... It rise to a company's accountability to... You create a product, then you also need to be thinking and planning and... Like, when the product is no longer viable. Exactly. How to recycle said product. I, I And agree. Amazon as a company... Large scale, like they use a lot of shipping. Okay, so solar as panels as large as something like solar panels have roughly Amazon. a thirty a thirty year life. So in year thirty one, where's that solar panel going? And that's a very good question. But the longer the life, I think it needs to be made out of hemp. The longer the life of anything, the longer the life of any product, the less of a cost, a less of a cost is externalized, right? If you have a life, if you make a product and the life lifespan has thirty years, yes, you have to engineer the cost of what you need to do to dispose of it, what you or how to recycle it, etc. But that's way less of a cost because you only have to do it every thirty years. You don't have to do it every year or every six months or like disposable plastics like every few seconds. But any kind of disposable class plastic has very high externalized cost of it just the nature of it being disposable, disposable. But you're right. Solar panels. So people right. don't use plastic straws anymore, is what we're saying, okay? Or bags. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Or styrofoam. <laughs> styrofoam is worst. so like 1995. And then, okay. Hello. Okay. This, this, bring, <laughs> do you really? this brings up another. Do. This brings Ooh. up a really. Uh, um, I mean, I eat it. Difficult but. philosophical dilemma, do it, which is like, okay, so how how do we? How do we enforce this? Well, of course, government, but nobody likes the government. Nobody wants more government. Yeah. Nobody actually likes the government. Nobody likes paying taxes. And it's like a necessary evil. So how do we 
simultaneously accomplish what's best for everybody by force of the government, but with the smallest government possible. And I don't know, but... You need an, an efficient government that's not bloated with bureaucrats, lobbyists, and a bunch of, yeah. of four-letter words that I'm not allowed to say on this podcast mm-hmm. because this is a family, family podcast. Okay, so I, um, I'm going to change topics here. I had a piece of this ham and then whatever this harder cheese is. You, you like ham. That's Pecorino uh, Tartufo. And then the jam with the orange, It's actually a preserve. With the orange wine. And, and that was really, really good as well. I can't describe why. We all have different glasses right now, actually. So I'm Last drinking. I remember George came to the winery when I first started working as bartender. And he... I had this like little father suitcase filled with wine glasses. Oh my god. And then he I was the bartender. He made me taste though the wine that I poured for him in a plastic glass and our wine glass and then like XYZ of the glasses that so you, he pulled out of his little so you leather did, That's suitcase. what you did. You did a taste with the same thing through div- all kinds of yes. different glassware. And it makes... it's It does make a difference. It makes a difference. And it yeah. makes a Look at the, quite that, interesting That difference. bell-shaped glass that Sam Adams put out for their yeah. the normal Boston lager. I've, yeah. I've, and I've, it's not I like, love that thing. It's not like you need it in your everyday life. You sure, but it like... Need, the special glass it's to go just, with everything. It's just fun to know. It's just interesting it, to, to... It's definitely interesting. It's an educational point. Like, you will experience a little bit more out of yeah, a beverage or a glass of Ironically, wine. we have three different glasses right now that we're drinking wine out of. And I think yeah. we're each drinking a different wine at this yeah. point. <laughs> so, it's, normally... Wine's probably the best. Yours is a little narrow, and yours my my glass is not shaped correctly. Yeah, yeah. Jonas is drinking yours out of a rocks glass. Nora has a a tulip, a stemless tulip, which is I guess that's right for what you're drinking about. And I okay, have a, so this is like a thing now, the rolled edge. Ah, uh, okay. Rolled edging on glass, and as opposed to mine that has what would you call this? I'm drinking out of a whiskey rolled. tasting glass, but it has one. Has white wine with a little bit of uh, tartrate from the Blanc Blanc Frankish. Blanc Frankish. Okay. I mean, I don't know why it's so difficult for you to pronounce that. (laughs) I I haven't butchered it once tonight. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. Let's let's get with the program here. (laughs) I just watched a show the other night, and it was like the making of a master song. And they literally had those so it's one thing, particular smelling kits. One Whoa. thing, smelling I've never, the I've never fruit, smelled one. And it's one thing, smelling the compound. Just do you, do you think you could pass pass the test? <sighs> Are you kidding me? I hundred percent can. No, you probably could. No. no, if I studied for like twenty years, maybe that test is so so difficult. I feel like I know as long so as many you, people as that. As long as you knew the references, it, I think you could do it. It is so. All right. Their smells. Their blind tests are so rigorous. Okay, it's like this. This wine, you don't know what it is, obviously. Right. You're tasting. You're smelling it and tasting it. But you have to classic. say what grape varietal, what year, what region, what producer. What producer? Wow. That's the master summit. That's the master test. Right, but you can pass. Like Mike's only passed. 
Yeah, oh, well, yeah, there's levels. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a, you just take an online course. And honestly, okay, think about it's this. It's just, yeah, like, level one, two, but and three are, like, online, but to be a master. Interesting cool. in that you can really, like, decipher many, but like, you taste enough wine. Yeah. You can decipher. You could thing. put a blind taste test of five yeah, wines right like, here, and, I, and I'd probably get three out of five, the grape varietal and the region. Not the I, producer, but I probably get the grape vial in the region. Yeah. And I'm not that's like good. I'm not like trying right. to like pop my own collar here, you know what I mean? Right. I'm just drink a lot of wine. Like, so how much of this but that's you, just, way. you can recognize the distinctive differences between a Pinot Noir because from California, a, a French Pinot Noir, and a Pinot Noir from Argentina or or Chile. They're right. so you distinctly different. Or a Pinot Noir from from Australia, for crying out loud, or New Zealand. You know? It's like Sauvignon Blanc's a great example. You've got grassy California. You've got crisp, clean, and slate-driven acidity from France. And then you've got getting punched in the face with a grapefruit from New Zealand. (laughs) Same grape varietal. But there's three so distinctly different flavor profiles, it's amazing that... One grape varietal can produce such a, a, a different uh, a plethora of different flavors yeah. depending on the growing conditions. DNA versus um, environment, right? Nature versus nurture. Right. Yeah. Yes, but I think nurture, nature plays a role in it, but I think nurture plays a bigger role. But, okay, how many people being able to taste, being able to smell and distinguish smells like... Some people have a gift. Some people can do it better than others. Yeah, right? and some people can play Mozart when they're three years old on a piano. For a dedicated listener, he said, "Those, those are, <laughs> there, there are those who can play Mozart when they're three years old on a piano." Yeah, I can't. Um, I can't either. Maybe when I. I really can't. Maybe and when I'm three years old, I'll be able to. But maybe when I first got into this industry. <laughs> I never thought I would be where I'm at. I definitely did not go in. Where do you want to get to? I want to, I guess I just want to be in a place where I'm creating something that I want to make it work <laughs> with, with food, really. I think wine and food is a really special thing and making right. something, making an amazing wine that is that part of the reading. vision for your own farm? What can we? What can you do? What 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 do you envision? You specializing on your farm? I think that at Swampy Vale we'll do. It'll definitely be a communal living space, and we'll have some sort of like food event. I think uh, we're having some fun here. We appreciate all our listeners. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsors right now. Um, they don't know that there are sponsors yet, but hopefully after we get another 40,000 listeners to this podcast, they will be our sponsors. Um, I already mentioned Bushwick Kitchen. We also have Malabar. It's a uh, 60-proof spice liqueur. It's got cardamom, cinnamon, clove, and orange. Um, the catchphrase is basically, you can put this on anything. Oh, no, that's um, Frank's Red Hot. Uh, you can mix it with anything. It's delicious. It's nutritious. The doctor literally will say, eat and drink this all day long. It's good for you. So, yeah, Malabar. Uh, it's drinkmalabar.com. Uh, we are also sponsored by 
Hold on, I'm looking for a random product that I can do a quick sales pitch. Um, today, uh, Benaduce Vineyards, it is a lovely place. Go there, spend some money, spend some time, bring your family, bring your friends. It's beautiful. They've got a plethora of amazing wines. Wonderful staff. Um, ask for Nora by name. Um, don't ask for Amy. I'm kidding. Ask for Amy. She's cool too. Benaduce really surprised me. Uh, it's They make amazing wine and I... Didn't know wine like that could be made in the East Coast. Well, what's funny is New Jersey is actually an up-and-coming wine region that's actually being recognized throughout the United States. It's the Garden State. For the quality of the wines that's being produced. We have such rich, dynamic soil. We just had to figure out what vines grow well in, in, in our climate and in our soil. Now, once we've got it figured out, uh, we need to figure out how to pronounce the Blanken Franken shish. Um, kidding, I know how to pronounce it, but uh, but the wines are amazing. So we make great wine here in New Jersey. We do everything better than everybody else in the rest of the country. So you can all you know tip a glass back um, and just cheers us because New Jersey is the best, and we have great wine, and you don't unless you're in California, Oregon. Washington State, New York State. Um, Arizona's got a, a pretty good up-and-coming little area that they're doing some some cool stuff. Um, are you familiar with the band Tool? Yeah. So Maynard's got some vines. You know the really? story? No, I don't. I, I knew he was into wine. Oh, I no. Don't know the story. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm saying not just into wine. He's a freak. Really? With wines. I oh, know yeah. he was a freak, but I didn't know he was a freak with wines. So I'll give a shout out to my, my friend Joe Rogan, who also does a podcast. It's smaller than ours. I mean, he doesn't quite have the listener base that we, that we have. But he had a, a really insightful podcast on with uh, Maynard from Tool. And they spoke mostly about the vineyard. There was some stuff about, you know, the new Tool album that came out, um, which was, it's good. It definitely revisits what tool, why they became popular and the music that they made back in the day. Um, but yes, there is some really great wine being made in Arizona, New Mexico, Tennessee, I've heard little bits and pieces. Virginia. Virginia, yeah. That's a pretty amazing uh, wine country. Um, so. Uh, even. The next podcast I think we're going to do, we're going to stick with the wine theme, but I think we're going to um, do a review of uh, Tokaj Azul. Uh, five Puntanos, which is a Hungarian dessert wine that's been one of my favorites for literal, literally decades. So I think I'm going to try and get a group of like-minded individuals together to drink some uh, Tokaj. Um, it's a, a little throwback to an author that I like, uh, Philip Pullman. Uh, he wrote a trilogy, uh, His Dark Materials, which are pretty fantastic. BBC just picked it up, and I think it's out on HBO. Uh, you can watch season one of uh, His Dark Materials. Um, they put a lot of money into the production. It's pretty fantastic. But in that particular, the first couple of episodes, they drink a lot of Tokaj. So it's a little throwback um, for wine that I've been drinking for a long time. Uh, not an everyday drinker, of course, but, you know. You ever have Tokaj, Stuart? No. It's fantastic. We'll have to do a podcast on it. Yeah. So keep an eye out for the Dukaj podcast. We're going to have Nora back. Uh, we're going to talk about baking bread and uh, some of the uh, the process that goes into it. Maybe we can um, talk about making tea too. 
Maybe by making tea. Maybe Allah will have made a tea blend by then. Um, and we can, you know, figure out what we can do with that. We can have a tea tasting. But I think that we should talk about bread and uh, a clay oven and some cool stuff that's going to happen on your family farm in the near future. So we're going to finish the rest of these bottles. And uh, you people at home, go to sleep. Go, I don't, whatever you're doing right now while you're listening, great. I appreciate it. But just go do something else because we're tired of talking to you. And we're tired of trying to entertain you. So we are signing out now from hour two. Yes, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's scary. Um, any last words? Words of wisdom? Have you, have you, what do you guys think about the multiverse? You into the multiverse? Thanks for listening in this dimension. Yeah. We'll catch you next time. All right. We'll go into the multiverse next time because I'm a big, uh, big fan of, of that theory. Um, we'll talk about a little bit of string theory and maybe the Fermi paradox as well. So um, until then, peace out. Don't save the best for never. Hashtag don't save the best for never. We are right now copywriting that hashtag via the universal airwaves that is this podcast. If I see don't save the best for never on anybody else's anything, you're getting sued. I have a very high powered lawyer. His name is Ben Shapiro. No, Ben, <laughs> is, that, is that his name? <laughs> no, or is Ben Shapiro that conservative radio talk show host? <laughs> it's uh, Ben Al Shapiro. Who was the guy that did the something Shapiro? Ben Shapiro. All right. It's not Ben Shapiro. I got a high-powered lawyer, all right? So signing off.